Let's do this. Adam, are you ready to call this meeting to order? I am so ready, and let it so be called. How are you, buddy? Oh man, I'm I'm doing very well. How about you? I am good. That's I can report that I'm still chipping away at the same tube of chapstick, and I think I'm going to do it. I thought you were going to say I'm chipping away at that crippling debt we talked about before the show started. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a mountain I'm not uh, not able to climb. <laughs> hey, that's life, though you know. Yeah, that is life. Boy, is it. <laughs> All right, let's get down to business. Let's do it. So there's some people that have taken on new titles, not just Keith. Correct. Tiff sent this message to us. She said, Chris and Adam, may I please have a second intern title? I seem to spend a lot of time translating English English to American English or the other way around. Indeed. And so uh, there was a little bit of discussion. And so we are now going to grant Tiff the additional title because she's already a food intern. We're going to add the splain turn. The splain turn. So let it be written. So let it be done. Welcome, splain turn title. Yes. Okay. Another title. Uh, the aforementioned Brian Shampoo. He has been posting a lot about sports. When I'm a yeah. huge sports fan, so I really appreciate that. He's been using the hashtag sportsball. And so I would like to grant Brian Shampoo the title of sports correspondent. Well, welcome, Brian, to the sports correspondent role. So, so let it be written. So let it be done. And we'll actually hear our first installment of this week in sports later in the meeting. Oh, perfect. All right. Next... Again, we mentioned Christopher DeVos from Podcast 42. Indeed. He has been doing everybody a huge favor, and he's been posting job opportunities. So we're going to give Chris <laughs> the new title of Job Turn. Job Turn. This has actually been a very interesting uh, development to watch. So, so let it be written. So let it be done. So look for hashtag jobs for Chris's job postings, and we'll actually talk about a couple of these later in the meeting. I can't wait. The other thing is, though, Chris, I would like to add some additional responsibility onto Keith and acknowledge his additional title of HR liaison. Oh, so very appropriate. He is not in HR, but he is a liaison to distributing pamphlets, you know, conference room notes. He's posted on the bulletin board, you know, so the, by everything by the water cooler, about ADA compliance, all that stuff is is through Keith. So... Currently, he's the MVP, and his additional responsibility is HR liaison. Well, I'm really glad you brought that up because we we do have some HR items we're going to get to that Keith had brought to our attention. Okay, good. Now, Adam, I understand you have some promotions to hand out as well. Well, I do indeed, Chris, and I feel like these are long overdue promotions. Um, I, first of all, I would like to acknowledge Paul and his tireless efforts to elimination polls and his his contributions to our group in vast number since day one. I'd like to promote Paul to more seasoned intern slash king of the internet intern. So let it be written. So let it be done. Amen, brother. The second one is Luke. He has um, been a hilarious contributor. He literally cracks me up all the time. And the poor guy is doing his darndest to come see us. I have all the faith in the world that eventually he's going to succeed. It's going to happen one day, and Chris, it's going to be glorious. So I would like to now promote Luke to more seasoned intern. So let it be written, so let it be done. Amen, brother. All right, and, and I will say this about that. 
there's probably we don't do a great job. We don't do any kind of effort to to keep track of who we've promoted to more season intern. <laughs> so if right. you've been a, if you've been a huge and active and quality contributor to our group and have not been promoted to more season intern, it's not because we haven't recognized your contributions. It's because we have really bad record keeping. I think what we might do is just make a longer list in a future meeting of all of the more season interns, and it might be some repeats or it might be some people that haven't been promoted yet. But we're just gonna. It's probably going to look very much like the top contributors list, honestly. Th- those people have been pretty consistent, and we may just mm-hmm. wave the wand, and everybody in the top contributors group that has been there <laughs> for a while, we might just promote everyone to more seasoned intern. Well, I think what we also also should do is just like you know post in the group and say, hey, if you've been promoted, let us know. <laughs> right. And there's a comprehensive list. <laughs> because we have, we have no, no records of it. Okay. <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking of new interns, I just want to run through these real quickly. These are some yeah. people that have joined. We had such a, uh, a large group join recently. I think it was like eight or 10. Like some other things, I think we're probably going to... I probably have forgotten some, but here goes. So uh, Lindsay has recently joined us. She was invited by Jeff Morrow. Uh, Carrie Dykes, who is Christopher Birkenbein's co-host on A Dash of Science and the Podfix Network, she recently joined. Also, Carrington Martin from Real Dudes Podcast. He was invited by Chris Osborne. Thanks, guys. Welcome, Carrington. Uh, David Richardson was invited by Kevin Kraft. Thanks, Kevin. Welcome, David. Brandon Cruz just joined recently. He was invited by Paul. He's the host of, and catch all this, the Interdimensional RSS, which is the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. Oh. Submitted for your approval, a Twilight Zone podcast and Apathetic Enthusiasm. That's right. He hosts three podcasts. That guy is a superhero. Yeah, and he's hilarious, and we're really glad to have him. So welcome, Brandon Cruz. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, I have a feeling I'm missing a few others, but I don't know uh, who they are, so I'm really sorry. So if you've joined the GBI recently and haven't been welcomed, please let us know. Uh, either way, please know that we're glad to have you. Absolutely. So last week, we shared our latest uh, top contributors list. Yep. Now today, we're not going to do that again. We're going to recognize some other notable interns. Oh, perfect. I love doing this. Yes. Okay, I'm just going to rattle them off. So, Leslie Morgan, uh, Sarah Stapleton from Life is Messy, uh, Bonnie Chomo, uh, Bob Haynes from the Cretans Guild, Chris Osborne from Play Comics Podcast and Meddling Kids, uh, Tori and Kelsey Jane, Chris Birkenbein from A Dash of Science, uh, Vlado from It's Not Rocket Surgery, Trisha from Two Girls on a Bench, and the Arctic Road Trip Audio Diary. Yes, that polar vortex, man, that was crazy. Yeah, and finally, Corey McCord, Science Team Science Face. All right, how about some polls, Adam? Uh, let's do it. I love all kinds of polls. I do as well. So let's start here. So we are well into Girl Scout cookie season, Adam. Oh, buddy. And so Paul took that to the group and asked everybody what their what their favorite Girl Scout cookies were. Samoas were the winner. Yes. Which I love. Same. Thin Mints were a close second. Other favorites were Tagalongs, Peanut Butter Sandwich, and Lemonades. Okay, I feel like uh, I'm not a big fan of, of lemon desserts, but I feel like the order that you just listed is the exact perfect order of yeah. Girl Scout cookies. It might be. Yeah, I, I've never heard of Lemonades, and I've certainly never tasted them. I don't know if I would like that either. Yeah, it's a hit or miss. Yeah. Now... Trefoils and s'mores were the least favorites. I wasn't aware of s'mores. I have a feeling if I tasted those, I'd really like them. That sounds delicious. I'm not Doesn't sure. It? I've never heard of that. That was a Girl Scout cookie. Yes, I would love to try the s'mores Girl Scout cookie. So 
if any intern out there wants to send me a box of s'mores, Girl Scout cookies, I'm happy to taste them. And if you send Chris a box and you don't send me one, I'm going to be deeply offended. <laughs> All right, our next poll. I thought this one was really interesting. That's this was also by Paul. He wanted to know, or he wanted to wanted to determine what the average height was in the GBI. Oh yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the results of this. Yes, this is going to be a um, a little misleading because he combined males and females. Okay, but it's still interesting. The average height of the gravity beard interns is five foot six and a quarter inches. That's exactly what I would have guessed. Is that right? Not, not the quarter part, but yeah, I would have guessed five, six. If you, if you're combining men and women. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And I feel like if you, if you separated that out, it would be five, four for women and five, eight for men. All right. So the next poll was posted by Sam Culper and he wanted to know which type of tortilla people preferred. Ooh, this is a tough one. 64% 64% prefer flour over corn. Yeah, that makes sense. I think the flour is more versatile. And I disagreed. I voted for corn. I also voted for corn. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Adam, you know what that means, don't you? We're on the same side of a losing poll. We're not on the majority side. Therefore, we did not win. No, a win did not occur for us. No, a win did not occur. This next one was... I didn't think that the tortilla one was very polarizing. This next one, but important, but not polarizing. Definitely, definitely important. I'm glad that that was that question was posed. Same. This next one, I was even more interested in, and that was posted. This one was posted by me, but it was because of a comment that Keith made when we were going through the calendar on the episode he was on, and he said that he didn't like carrot cake. Yeah, that's interesting. And I thought that was very strange because I think carrot cake is delicious. Man, I I agree with that. And so, of course, the only way to settle it is... It's with a poll. Is to to put on a poll. So, you and I voted the same. 76% of respondents, including you and I, said that carrot cake was delicious. 76 trombones percentage said yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, that is a massive majority, which means Keith is a massive loser of that poll. <laughs> you know, and I'll, and I'll add this: carrot cake is one of the f- very, very few instances where I like cream cheese frosting. Yeah, but it, it is the it, the texture of the two, especially when you get a homemade carrot cake with a delicious cream cheese frosting. And my ex girlfriend was a pastry chef, and she added um, like. Uh, marshmallow fluff in into her cream cheese frosting. Ooh. So good. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds delicious. All right. And now we're moving on to this. And that would be a follow-up on the first annual Burt Reynolds Memorial Gravity Beard Run. Ooh, where do we stand? We talked about this last week. This was put on by Keith. It's one of the, our favorite events we've ever had in the group. So the race is over. A victor has been crowned. But we're not going to discuss it here. I'm going to ask everyone to tune into our special episode featuring Keith Gala, the master of ceremonies that provided over it all. And we'll discuss the event, how things unfolded, and of course, the final results. It's going to be good. Okay. Bob Haynes of the Cretans Guild. I think he posted a really interesting question, and that was, which members of the group have tattoos? Well, and Bob Haynes being my car mate... For that road trip, I would like to say that I have a tattoo. 
Yes. Do you just have one tattoo? I have two. Okay. Which is too few if you ask me. <laughs> You'd like to have four? <laughs> I'd like to have a ton more ink. Oh, you mean like like you far too too few. Far too few. Not like the number too few. Correct. <laughs> like you would get two more and be like, okay, I'm good. Two more, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's all I want. It was four. Just the four. <laughs> Halfway to my goal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know why I was surprised. I, I'm, I definitely shouldn't have been surprised, but there is a lot of ink in our group. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, like the interns have some very cool tattoos. Dude, totally. So besides Bob, Casey Jones, Derek Graziano, Dave from Cleveland, Jess Ann, and Ryan uh, Woodward, who has four, but he sounds like he's regretting them. Bes- mm-hmm. And even besides them, Trisha and Shauna from Two Girls on a Bench, uh, they're considering getting a bench tattoo. Shampoo has some good ones. Mm-hmm. Keith actually replaced his wedding ring with one, which I thought was a cool idea. Yeah, absolutely. Now, my sister-in-law, Roxanne, has a ton of great tattoos. Did you see her pictures? No, I think I would have remembered that. Yeah, her back is completely covered, among other tattoos. Oh, wait, I did see that one. That was amazing. Now, I don't have one, but I, I think I posted this in the group. I'm considering getting a tasteful tattoo of a cartoon narwhal. Yeah, that's interesting, buddy. You know, because I'm into narwhals now. Well, you're into narwhals, but like, what is a not tasteful narwhal tattoo? Oh, there's plenty of not tasteful narwhal tattoos. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of narwhals doing some very untoward things (laughs) that are depicted in tattoos. Darn it. Okay, let's move on. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Keith, he is also our intern librarian. Yeah, he's got some great stuff recently. So, yeah, actually, he has some had some good stuff uh, lately, but I missed a couple of things back in December that were posted by Keith, so here's a couple of titles we may have missed. The first was a classic Dr. Seuss selection called Stabby the Narwhal. <laughs> uh, I remember reading that as a child. The second was a classic uh, by Richard Scarry. I don't know if you remember Richard Scarry, but he's one of my favorite childhood authors. Yeah. This book is called Public Erections. <laughs> it's about statues, right? And yes. building construction? It's right. About building things. <laughs> that is correct. In very public places. In very public places. In January, Keith suggested the pop-up book of phobias. <laughs> Always a classic. Yeah, I may have missed that one as well. Uh, Luke suggested this one, which I really like. This is a recent suggestion. Honey, Mud, Maggots and other medical marvels, the science behind folk remedies and old wives' tales. It's a really good textbook. Yeah, that is really good. So usually every week, Keith uh, posts a book of the week. Mm-hmm. Definitely pick up those other titles, but this is this week's book of the week. It's called There's a Thin Line Between Clever and Stupid. <laughs> yeah, I tried to check that one out, but somebody else had it. I know. Well, you know, usually right after he makes the announcement of the book of the week, there's a run on it. It's, right, it's a hot book. But anyways, uh, head down to the library to see Keith and check out this week's recommended titles. Yeah, thanks, Keith. All right, now on to this, Adam. Did you know that we have a bookmobile? Oh, do tell. Yes, it's an extension of the intern library. Uh, It's put on by Luke. It's driven by Luke. (laughs) And you'll recognize it because it's converted from a Grumman milk truck from the 70s. Cool. Cool. That Luke found in the woods. Even better. Yes. So, um, 
So I know you agree that uh, we really appreciate interns that are such young go-getters. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Okay, we we talked about uh, Brian Shampoo, our new sports correspondent at the top of the show. Recently promoted, right? That's right. Here is his first installment. I think I'm just going to read the headline of the story that he submitted. Okay. Cleveland Browns accidentally showed porn during a staff meeting. (laughs) That's not surprising. Way to go, Cleveland. The story reads as such. Although although things have started looking up this past season since they made Baker Mayfield their starting quarterback, historically, the Browns have been incredibly dysfunctional and basically the laughingstock of the NFL. Yeah. And this recent incident is the latest example. <laughs> Marketing executives wanted employees to see how fans were engaging with Browns on social media. So they projected the Browns feed onto a giant wall at the facility. By the way, I already, I already like where this story is going. Yeah, totally. It was like broadcasting talk radio over the entire building. And on one day in particular, it was worse than that. One of the marketing staffers entered a search for hashtag DP for dog pound. Oops. You know, because their fans are called dog pound. Yeah. The problem was, and I think I think you've already caught on where we're going with right. this. Right. <laughs> That hashtag carried a few different meanings, one of which triggered an array of porn to be broadcast onto a wall for the entire office to see for more than 20 minutes. Yeah, it doesn't stand for like definitely puppies or... No. Done praying. And then finally a tech employee uh, killed the feed. (laughs) So would you like to... um, Would you like to, to, to tell everyone maybe what the problem was with the hashtag well right um right the 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 problem is that stands for (laughs) 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 so the confusion could come because in the um, pornographic world that could stand for double penetration oh dear so (laughs) oh dear right it doesn't stand for done praying or you know or dog pound, it's definitely <laughs> double penetration. <laughs> so as a cautionary tale, if you're going to project on a giant screen in front of your entire office, don't use the hashtag, hashtag DP. Well, especially on Twitter, though. Like, it, it, Twitter is unfiltered like Instagram is. So is Facebook. Like, any right. one of those, any other social media is generally <laughs> regulated. You know, not any other. But, like, there are a couple of safe bets, but Twitter is unfettered. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, to follow Brian and the latest uh, news from the GBI Sports Desk, just search keyword sports ball. <laughs> Adam, how about we take a brief pause and listen to the latest message from our promotional partner. These are getting better and better, man. I can't wait. Stay tuned for more Platinum-level content right after this. Hello. You may have noticed that in recent weeks, Weird With You has been peddling various luxurious bat-related paraphernalia. (laughs) From shawls to globes to stomach inhabitants. That's why this episode is brought to you by Bucky's Boxes of Bats. (laughs) Because, to be perfectly honest, 
we have a surplus of bats over here at MacGuffin Industries. So, if you're in need of any kind of bat-related something or other, Bucky, our warehouse bat guy, is here for you. We ordered too many breeding pairs by accident! Uh, that is forbidden. They started multiplying in hundreds, thousands. A puppet burglars are covered in guano. Like we said, if you need bats for a new sweater, to chase the squirrels out of your yard, or to make some sort of bat-powered flotation device, come see Bucky at our Boxes of Bats outlet, located at the back of MacGuffin Industries Bat Nurseries. We have high-quality, multi-purpose bats at rock-bottom prices. 30% off breeding pairs. And buy 12, get 5 free. <laughs> what a bargain. Bucky's boxes of bats. They're flying off the shelves! But seriously, we do have a bat problem, so please take some. The flapping is nightmarish. I feel like MacGuffin Industries is probably like a wild headquarters to visit. <laughs> There's so much going on there, man. Welcome back to the show. For more information about Bucky's Boxes of Bats, please check out We're With You. It's another terrific podcast from the Podfix Network. It can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hell yeah. All right. So we mentioned, uh, again, at the top of the show, you had added another title, Keith Liaison, to... What was the exact title? Yeah, HR Liaison. HR Liaison. Well... He got fast to work because he's got four items for us to discuss in today's meeting. Indeed. So here's the first one. Keith says this, HR recently told me we have a corporate agreement with these folks, which should provide a 15% discount on rentals. And what he's talking about is hair rental. (laughs) Yes, perfect. So here's a little information. Hair rental, you know, it makes sense. Why pay anything up to $200 for an ordinary hair piece? You could rent a permanent and perfect head of hair for just a few pence per day. Yeah. It says, think about the advantages. Comprehensive regular service, no costly repair bills, free replacement service. Uh, This all comes from a company called Ambassador. So uh, if you want additional information, just stop by HR. But just know that um, if you're buying your hair, you're getting ripped off. Yeah, you need to rent that stuff. Don't worry. It's not a return on investment. There, I saw uh, Keith had put, it the, uh, put the flyers out in the, in the break room. So we're good Yes. There. So check out Hair Rental by Ambassador. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think most people remember uh, Action Pants by Sansa Belt. How can we forget? I'm wearing some right now. Well, how about Action Jeans? Ooh, Casual Friday. Yes. All right. So now we have a second type of Action Pants. Action Jeans, and I think this is the key here, endorsed by Chuck Norris. See, how can you go wrong with that? And you kick in the face. That's right. So search GBIHR or dress code for more details. Perfect. Now, here's something that is not approved, not even for Casual Friday, Adam. Mm. And that would be a product called Step Outs. <laughs> yes, these are not approved at all. Now, I'm just going to read the ad, but just know that th- this is not allowed around in our office at the GBI. No. New for beach, bath, cruise, resort, or club. Now, you can wear it at any of those places, just not at the GBI. <laughs> right. It says, more practical than a wrap, less inhibiting than shorts. It's the sexiest thing you can slip on or out of. That's right. Step Outs by Roberto Di Paoli. Now, here's something that I think I do want people to be aware of. They're only eleven ninety five. 
It's a really good deal. And unfortunately, Luke had to be the reason why they are not allowed in the office. But yeah, they're a great deal. Yeah, so eleven ninety five for Tal Terry and fourteen ninety five for Velour. Now I'd recommend go ahead and get the Velour. Yeah, I always get the next one. The, yeah. the best one. Although we, we're gonna discourage anyone from wearing these at the office. I'd like to encourage everyone to revisit the memo that was sent out um, about this because it is a picture of a model wearing step outs. His mm-hmm. mustache is approved, if not encouraged. <laughs> I concur. So if, if you want to see a good example of facial hair that's endorsed by the GBI, just consult that, that memo. <laughs> that's a great one. One of our more seasoned interns, Jim Weir, put in a request for the following item. Okay. A trained drinking monkey. I like where this is going. And here's the description. Trained drinking monkey, a faithful companion, never drink alone again, likes all sorts of ales and liquors, not particular about brands, can be taught to pick pockets, but we didn't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Only fourteen ninety nine. Specify smoking or non-smoking. There's not a price <laughs> difference. Okay. We submitted that to HR and... Unfortunately, I have to say, sorry, Jim, your request has been denied, and that goes for the smoking and non-smoking versions. (laughs) Right. So there's no confusion. Yes. All right. I want to share something that was brought to our attention by TIFF. Okay. That makes it inappropriate and factually inaccurate to say something is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Hmm. She brought these facts to us. Sliced bread was invented in 1928 whereas Betty White was born six years earlier in 1922. Mm. Therefore, sliced bread is the greatest thing since Betty White. That is a very true, true and important statement. Yes. So be advised, we need everyone to use this new correct idiom from this point forward. So interestingly enough, Chris, do you know why sliced bread was a thing? I have no idea. So if you have fresh bread, it stays fresher longer if you if if you sell it in a loaf. But the technology wasn't there. So if you sliced it, it got bad very quickly. So they created all these preservatives. They could slice the bread and it'll stay fresher longer. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Did that put go. the manufacturing of bread slicers out of business? I think it gave them business because they came about when their preservatives were there. I know, but you could have just sold bread that wasn't sliced, and then people that bought bread would have to buy a bread slicer. So you'd a bread sell slicer, bread right. <clears throat> I was thinking on the industrial level. You're right. You know, mm-hmm. who knows? But I guess the knife industry might have taken a hit. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. See? See what happens? <laughs> yeah, the big knife man, or big sliced bread, trying to <laughs> the little guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, oh the victims. <laughs> I hope I hope that we have our roving reporter Jim Ware report on that. Boy, I do too. Okay, so I mentioned our job turn, Christopher DeVos. Of course. So as much as we hate to lose talented people, hmm. we also don't want to hold anyone back. Correct. And so Chris made these job opportunities uh, aware to everybody in the group. Oh. The first one is actually something we discussed in a previous episode, and that is Ninja. So if you remember... We let people know that you could move to Japan because there's a ninja shortage. Yeah. And you could become a ninja for as much as $80,000 a year. Yeah, that's a really good deal. It is a really good deal. Now, Chris DeVos brings us uh, these opportunities. The first one is, apparently, you can become a lighthouse keeper for $130,000 a year. 
That sounds very peaceful. And those jobs are available in San Francisco, one of the coolest cities in America. Definitely coolest. The second one is driver of the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. I think you get a million cool points just for even applying. Yeah. So apparently, and this is a real thing. This is no joke. Oscar Mayer is looking for the next drivers of the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Wow. I kind of want to. I kind of want to apply to see if I can get that job. Yeah, would it be interesting? Like, why not? Yeah, seriously. Especially if you can combine it, and you can be an Uber driver with the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Oh my God! How awesome would that be? Right. It's like, who's picking you up? The Oscar Mayer Wiener. Okay. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> Search jobs in the group for more details on these and other job opportunities. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Okay. So. As most people are aware, most things in our group eventually end up in some sort of controversy. Absolutely. (laughs) Our three-room apartments are no exception. (laughs) Definitely. In our last meeting, Keith and I discussed Jack Klugman. Right. He was submitted by uh, Chris DeVos because an article about Jack's passing showed up in Chris's feed. Then someone correctly pointed out that the article uh, Chris posted was from 2012 right and so so chris appropriately withdrew it but then it popped up in his feet again wow so that made chris properly in my opinion think that jack klugman was reaching out from the grave to ask for consideration oh yeah for sure i called for jack to call the show call the hotline and present his case he did not call hmm but I brought I brought it to the show anyways, and I, I thought we could discuss him on the basis of his merits, which we did initially, Keith and right. I did. But in the end, Keith rejected him because, I mean, fittingly, he died six years ago. Yeah, I'm with Keith on this one. Yeah, actually seven years ago now. And because he, fe- he felt like it would create a slippery slope of sorts. If you let Jack in, who died six years ago, who else, you know, then, then how do you... That's That's exactly right. And I thought it was a good point, and so I agreed... And so we determined that candidates have to die very recently in order to get consideration. Definitely. So then, as we often do, as we're about to in this in the, at this meeting too, at the end of the meeting, we played our hotline messages. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, Jack Klugman did call. Oh, perfect. Well, except there were three problems with the call. Yep. One, he didn't properly authenticate himself. Yeah, that was the tough one, man, for me. Yeah, he never said, this is how I talk. So there's no way it was actually Jack Klugman. Definitely not. The second was, it was a news report. Now, we had asked him to call in and present his case to get into an apartment. He left a news report. And three, it sounded exactly like Jim Weir. Right. Well, that can be coincidence on number three, for sure. I mean, like, you know, I've been misconstrued for a few celebrities before. But, you know, Jim is our roving news reporter. Definitely. So although he claimed to be Jack Klugman... Keith made up a, made a good point. He thought maybe that's that's an alias that Jim uses when he's hmm. when he's doing news stories. I don't know. That could be. Yeah. In any case, so after all of that, some people, including Keith, now are doubting whether or not Ke- uh, Jack Klugman is dead at all. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, we didn't call in, didn't say this is how I talk, gave a news report, which sounded like the big banana break. Right. It's it's kind of dicey, man. Yeah, so now more than ever, we need Jack Klugman to call the hotline at 321-465-2180 
And more than anything, just confirm if he's alive or not. Right. And we all know that the afterlife onboarding process can be slow, but it's not seven years slow. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's long. Yeah. They're working. I've heard they're working on it, but yeah, it does not take sure. six or seven years. Yeah. We heard that from recently deceased John McCain. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's enough on Jack Klugman. We also discussed Carol Channing. Mm-hmm. Now, Keith made the point that she should only get in if Lamb Chop w- uh, went with her. I agree. I also agree. So our third apartment is complete and is now occupied by Mean Jean Okerlund. <laughs> I don't have to tell you who that is. Herb <laughs> Kelleher, who's the uh, founder of Southwest Airlines, and Carol Channing and Lamb Chop. That's an interesting apartment. Yeah. Not, not a combination you'd expect. No, not at all. But that's the nature of the trifecta in the three-room apartment. That's right. And it's not, it's not like a, a duplex or a, or a compound. It's a three-room apartment. It is a three-room a, apartment. Exclusively an isolated three-room apartment. You don't get to combine units. That is correct. But Adam, we're not done. No. We already have some people to consider to kick off our fourth apartment. And here's our next apartment. And here's our next apartment. <laughs> our first candidate comes from Paul. Hmm. Jim Rodford, a founding member of Argent and basis for the Kinks and the Zombies, died Saturday at the age of 76. Rodford's cousin and longtime bandmate Rod Argent confirmed Rodford's death on the Zombies Facebook page, with Argent adding that Rodford died Saturday, Saturday following a fall on the stairs. Hmm. Which, that's, that's a real bummer. Yeah. And he had this quote... Jim was not only a magnificent bass player, but he was inarguably bound to the story of the zombies, an enormous ena- <laughs> an enormous enabler for us. Argent wrote in his long tribute to Rodford, to the end, Jim's life was dedicated to music. He was unfailingly committed to local music, an ever-present member of the local scene in St. Albans, where he had spent his entire life. So I have this to say, Adam. Mm-hmm. And then you can share your opinion if you like. I've certainly heard of the Kinks and understand mm-hmm. their their significance. Right. I've never heard of Argent or the Zombies. Have okay. you heard of Have you heard of Argent? Yes, by name. I couldn't quote anything about him, but I've I've heard the name. Yes. And the Zombies. Yes. You've heard of both. Okay. Yes. Now, obviously, he was the basis for the Kinks. Right. He was the basis for the Kinks. It's not like he was Ray or Dave Davies for one. Oh, you can name an infinite amount of really great bass players. Right. Plus, did you know this? He wasn't the original bassist. He wasn't even their second bassist. He was the third bassist after Andy Pyle. Hmm. So the Kinks formed in 1964 and were a notable part of the British invasion. Of course. But Rodford didn't join them until 1978. That's like 15 years later almost. Yeah, so... He's not a complete nobody, but I don't think I can vote the third basis for the kinks into an apartment. Yeah, that's tough, man, because this isn't one of those situations where, like, you know, and this person made X achievements after that. Like, it's just kind of like, all right, he was in, yeah, he was, he was third string. Right. Okay, so I'm voting no on Jim Rodford, but if you think he should be in, we could certainly take it to the group and, and vote to break the tie. No, I think we vote no. Okay, so it's unanimous? Unanimous. Okay. Well, Paul, thank you for the submission, but we've discussed it and ruled against Jim Rodford 
the third basis for the Kinks. <laughs> <laughs> but we have another candidate. Okay. This one was brought to us by Dave Ciampa. This is from a recent article in the New York Times. Dick Miller was a character actor whose reputation as a regular in dozens of low-budget movies produced or directed by Roger Corman led to parts in films by Martin Scorsese and James Cameron, died on Wednesday in Burbank, California. He was 90. Miller had a 65-year career with a seemingly endless list of notable appearances. And so I'm just going to go over a part of his resume, Adam. Uh, Okay. So it started in 1955. Jeez. With an appearance in the movie Apache Woman, which I've never heard of because it's old, and I've not heard Mm -hmm. of a lot of old movies. Right. But his resume also includes the Untouchables TV series in 1959, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, The Dirty Dozen, Barnaby Jones, General Hospital, Taxi, Knott's Landing, Gremlins, Inner Space, Star Trek The Next Generation, The Burbs, Who's the Boss? All of that is before 1990, by the way. Jeez. Then there's two Batman projects, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Tales from the Crypt, Small Soldiers, ER, NYPD Blue, and that's just 21 of 182 acting credits. Dude, he's in like Flynn, man. So even given that, (laughs) and it sounds like you have an opinion, (laughs) I told Dave he was marginal and we needed to take it to the group for consideration. Interesting. Because his name isn't recognizable and we've never, we've never discussed a character actor. Right. You know, for submission. And Dave posted a really great video to support his case. Okay. And after I watched the video, I was completely convinced. Plus... I have a ton of respect for solid character actors. Yeah, absolutely. And and the guy that, that made the video, it's from a YouTube channel, and he does a video, like a four or five minute video on a bunch of famous character actors. And I, I resisted going down that rabbit hole, but I bet those videos are really fascinating and really interesting. And so we ran the poll and a small majority said he should get in. And I was among the yes votes. So Adam, I, I don't think we can overrule the poll results unless you have a really compelling case to keep him out to keep him out. No, I think he should be in. Okay. So you're voting Dick Miller in to one of our three room apartments. I think so. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well then that one is unanimous. So congratulations to character actor, Dick Miller. You are in, you will take the first spot in our fourth three room apartment. Yeah, I think with that kind of resume, and like you said, solid character acting, 90 years old, like, you know, that's a big deal, dude. And he's been in some big titles. Yeah, I agree. And, and like I said, that was what I read was a small, small sampling of what he had done. Yeah, he's he's too much in there to not to not get in. Well, and if anybody else hears this and is unconvinced, just watch the video because he really did... He wasn't just a character actor. Even the small roles that he played, he'd made a real impression with them. Yeah. Well, Adam, believe it or not, that concludes this week's staff meeting. Wow, dude. This was more like a, a break room chit chat than a staff meeting. Yeah, kind of kind of gathering around the water cooler. Yeah, as it were. We can well there's a good chance to look at the flyers that Keith has posted up on the on the bulletin board. I think he has a, a pamphlet tray as well, so you can check out some of the policies and the uh, workers' comp issues, of which there are none. <laughs> and some of our clothing guidelines. So, yeah. 
All right. Well, just a few credits before we go. Join us on our Facebook group by searching the Gravity Beard Interns. That's where all of this platinum level content comes from in the first place. Call us on the hotline if you like. That number is 32,146, <laughs> 52, and 180. <laughs> so, so please give us a call. Give us a call. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Podfix Network. To find other great shows consistently creating platinum level content, go right now to podfixnetwork.com or search at Podfix on Twitter. Please check out Adam on a delicious show called Feast on History with the great Kerry McGinnis. You can also find me on another fun show called Life is Messy with the lovely and talented Sarah Stapleton. If you found this show, you know how to find those. Our theme song is Walking the Dog. This catchy little tune is Above and Beyond. Both are by Silent Partner. Thank you guys for those songs and can be found on the YouTube audio library. For my dear friend and co-host, Lord Saunders, I'm your other co-host, Tove. This meeting is adjourned. Peace. This is the Gravity Beard Pass. This was a podcast from the Podfix Network.